The culture of your home is the incubator of character. You are the only mother that your child has. You're the only father that your child has. You're the only person who can be you in their life. And you have a lot to offer. Isn't the goal of parenting not that we have these 42-year-olds who are still coming home on time and cleaning their rooms, but that they actually leave and we have hardwired them for the virtues that we want to see in them? The thing we all have in common is that we are interested in our kids' future. I know the Parent Network exists to help moms and dads in whatever way you can, when you can, and how you can help moms and dads help their children have the future that God's promised them. Well, hello and welcome to the Parent Network Podcast, episode 83. This is the first uh, podcast of 2022. I'm Sass. And I'm Corin. And we are super excited about this one because this one's been on like our mind for a long time. We have a very special guest right here with us uh, recording. And um, Corin, I'm going to let you introduce our guest. And, you know, of course, the guest is going to get to introduce themselves. However, this is going to be a fun conversation. I can promise you that. That's right. So we're really excited to have our friend Annalie Thomason on the Parent Network podcast. I um, actually knew Annalie um, right as she was finding out that she was going to be a parent. When it all hit the fan. That's yes. right. <laughs> and now three kids later, I have her two oldest twins in my pre-K preschool class, and they are so much fun, and um, their little sister is right next door, so I get to see them very often. Which is super full circle, because the what I love telling everyone about you is that the first person I cried to when I found out we were having <laughs> twins was kind I walked into the church and was like, can I talk to you, please? Everything's bad. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and, and they're teacher. It's really good. And if you're a part of Port City, you know that Annalie and, and her husband, Marshall, they have been around our church. How long have you been at church now? Uh, since May of 11. So oh, wow. Yes, that's over 10 years Over now. a decade yeah, at Port City. I was a little baby. Oh, yeah. very cool. Very cool. Well, you we guys were kiddos. Have, we've grown up at Port City. Well, you've been a big part of Port City in a lot of different ways. And um, if any of you follow Annalie on social media, you know that she's probably the busiest woman in the world, author, entrepreneur, mother of three. Um, and so um, we know that she's uh, just got a lot of wisdom to share and just a story to share that I think people can relate to and can be encouraged by. So Annalie, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah. So you met me when it was kind of just just me. Um, That's right. But now Marshall and I have been married over seven years. This fall was seven years for us. Um, we've got three kiddos. So they're five, five and two, five, five and almost four. Sorry. <laughs> Five-year-old twins and almost four. Um, two big dogs. And now we also have two ducks. <laughs> Don't tell my HOA that. But Wait, wait, wait. Ducks. You have ducks? How do you have ducks? Yeah. So um, mostly a lack of self-control. <laughs> also... My grandmother had a duck as a pet, and I think she told me that as a kid, and so I was like, that's it, and one day I'll have a duck. But then um, I got online and learned you actually can just have a duck, and I was like, why not? So uh, Metzger Farms in upstate New York, you can quite literally just dot .com yourself a duck. And so <laughs> a few minutes later, I was like, submit order, and then I went home and was like, hey, babe, how's your day? Guess what I did? <laughs> and now we've got two ducks. Okay, I want to know the names of the ducks. That's what I want to know. So the the 
cool one, the one that snuggles with me and is like really happy to be in the house is Lumi, like Lumina Avenue. Cause I was like, we well, got to have some beachy ducks. Right. And then, um, the one that's more like me and is just a complete spaz, doesn't want anyone to touch her, hold her, just craps everywhere. Like they're just there. She's ridiculous. That's Rosie. Elizabeth <laughs> named that one Rosie. Okay. Last duck question. <laughs> We're going to go for the real stuff. Is there <laughs> water on your property for these ducks to swim in or like, how does that work? Cause ducks mm, like so, water, right? Oh my gosh. They have gone through probably like multiple gallons of water in a day. And they're babies, and there's only two of them. It's ridiculous. So we're getting a little, we're going to get a kiddie pool. and <laughs> Or a bathtub. Something like that. <laughs> Have I figured this out yet? No. That would require thinking ahead, and I don't do that. <laughs> so slow your roll. <laughs> we'll figure that out later. <laughs> I told y'all this was going to be fun. I Yeah, I did buy the, um, the netting thing, so like hawks can't kill them. I thought about safety. Yeah. There you go. Nutrition? Not yet. We'll figure that out later. <laughs> right now they're in a big old um, Tupperware thing in our kitchen, like those storage oh, yeah, yeah. bins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in our kitchen. Marshall loves it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure the kids do love it. Well, I they mean. love it. They love it. Um, the twins are, kind of, I wouldn't say they're over it, but they had like that initial shock of like, oh, we have ducks. And now they're just like, yeah, whatever. We have ducks. Like there's dogs, there's ducks. <laughs> Ruthie's obsessed. Mm. She is just constantly... Like she reaches in there when no one's around. Like she knows we don't touch the ducks without a grown up. And <laughs> kid holds her duck anytime she wants to. And there's really I've just given up on fighting it. But the thing is, like they grow so fast. Like the first like week or so, I was genuinely concerned for their life because you tell a three year old that mm-hmm. like don't wrap your hands right, around right. this duck, and like you can love it to death, you know. But now <laughs> they're bigger. They're like a small little kid sized football. I'm like, well, it might be harder for. For them to die at this point. So maybe we've like survived it. And Ruthie's learning how to be gentle at the same time. We so have to spend more time with you and your family. <laughs> We're a lot of fun. That's the We're truth. We're a lot of fun. That's you should just come hang out with the ducks. It's a good time. So there are two questions that we ask almost all of our um, guests just to kind of kick off the podcast. And the first one is, what is your favorite part of parenting at this stage of your kids' lives? Um, I genuinely had to sit and try and find one. <laughs> Because I really was just like, this is just hard. The toddler age. It's just hard. Yeah. No, um, I I think I'm the most entertained right now with the fact that like they think whole thoughts and have whole conversations mm. and every like most of the time it's like, I'm going to make up a story about a princess who has uh, a duck who's best friends with a dragon. And you're like, yeah, whatever. And then sometimes they talk to you and like, dude, you're a whole human. <laughs> like you are an entire human being. That I made and you think things and you (laughs) put things together like, whoa, you know, and so that's fun for me Mm because that just that back and forth of kind of like they're half a baby, but they're half a big kid. And that mixture is is really fun sometimes. It's really it's exhausting, but (laughs) um, but they can think and that's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, we're kind of growing into a part of parenting where like there are other people in your house, not just babies to take care of so yeah and I can attest that your kids are extremely creative Bentley is going to be a millionaire artist one day Mm -hmm. he is that kid can draw yeah like nothing else yeah yeah so I'm sure the rest of them are all creative in in their own ways as well yeah Elizabeth's more mindful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she's you know she's the one that asks questions that we're Mm -hmm. like you know (laughs) 
Um, I've gotten really good. I hope you're probably on the receiving end of that a lot. But sometimes she asks a question. And I'm like, I bet Miss Karen knows. <laughs> I should totally ask her that at school tomorrow. You know, and then what was it? Oh, it was before Christmas. She, Elizabeth was devastated. She loves to give presents. Love, she, she made pictures for the friends that she would hopefully meet at the park the other day and took them. Like she's oh, intentionally. So yeah. Sweet. And she was devastated because I told her like, no, we're not like wrapping presents for Jesus. Like we Aww. don't get to go give Jesus. Devastated. <laughs> devastated. So then she's fixed on this like, so what are we giving Jesus for his birthday? And I was like, that is a Kayla question. <laughs> Let's, you know what? We're going to go to go to church on Christmas Eve and we're going to ask Kayla and I bet she knows. I bet she knows. And so we walked in on Christmas Eve and I was like, because she let she didn't let it go like she wanted to know what we were giving Jesus for his birthday and I was like that's all you my friend my kids are big enough to ask questions go answer them and she took care of it it was great oh, that's great that is great <laughs> Elizabeth was satisfied and I was off the hook it was awesome so we're gonna be real here on the parent podcast parent network podcast um tell me like what's kind of difficult what's what's a little bit more hard about this stage of parenting I'm I'm tired I'm really tired. Like I'm physically tired, but I'm emotionally tired mm. and I'm mentally tired. And just even if we have like a lazy laid back day at home, my head is toast by lunchtime because of just the constant going of mm -hmm. kids that mm -hmm. age. Like it's, and it's nothing bad. It's nothing like they can have a great day. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like they could have to necessarily be doing anything wrong, but just by lunch, you're like, whoa how many cycles has my brain gone through <laughs> by 11 in the morning? You're just like, oh my goodness, it's a lot, you know? Um, and so I think just trying to keep up with, you know, I mean, Marshall's tired from work, but I'm tired from coming and going too. And then when you come home to rest and it's, you're still going, there's no, <laughs> there's just no such thing. There's no such thing. So we're all just tired. And I don't know that that's going to stop. That might be a consistent hard thing through every phase of parenting is just <laughs> don't tell me if it is i'm gonna pretend it's gonna end soon but. it's not it's thanks, not gonna end thanks. sorry i mean it's, it's just different though it's, yeah. it's a different kind of mental tired yeah quite honestly and i think you you sort of go from from one phase to the other and you kind of learn how to adjust to a new type of mental tired um but i don't know that really it ever <laughs> goes away i mean even have you know friends who have adult children and it's, it's a it's different exhausting. kind of mental tire, right? You know, kind of helping your, so, sorry, that's good PSA for all you parents out there. It just doesn't stop. Right. And yet there are seasons. Yes. I do feel like there are seasons where things are a little bit easier and then you get used to that and you're like, oh, wow. And then, you know, the season changes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. We do know. For we sure. Know that for one. sure. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's hard. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons um, I really did want to have you on the podcast is because I think you um, have a great story to tell um, you. And there's more to it, I'm sure, than even I know. But I know, like, with your husband, Marshall, and then with Elizabeth, you've had some kind of scary health issues going on that you've had um, to navigate while having young children. And so I'd love for you just to talk a little bit about that and maybe talk about how your faith played a role in helping you to navigate it all. Yeah, so um, I'm probably going to look at my phone a lot for this because I wrote it down so I don't get it wrong. I'm sorry. Um, so Marshall, yeah, in March of 19, we, I mean, like we went to bed one night and life's great. And the next morning I woke up and found him on our living room floor. 
Mm. And eight hours later, we were certain that he had cancer. He had a lot of it. And we were kind of digging into next steps, which in North Carolina means, you know, you go to Duke, you go to Chapel Hill, you figure Mm -hmm. out what to do. Um, So he was very quickly diagnosed with stage four metastatic sarcoma in the soft tissues and bones, which I mean, in short, means he's got a lot of really bad cancer in a lot of really bad places. So his main tumor is growing in his aorta underneath Mm. his heart, which was a whole other battle of its own um, in the beginning. But basically, I mean, after we we flew to Boston, we, you know, consulted with oncologists in a lot of places. Um, And thankfully, the the solution was to do most of his care in Chapel Hill. So we, I mean, it's still travel. It's still, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, two and a half hours away, but it's not Boston, yeah. you know, cause for a while we were like, oh, we're going to be, we're going to be that family that flies for treatment, you know, cause people mm-hmm. do that, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's got a weird cancer. And so we were looking at weird treatment options. And um, so thankfully we, you know, we're, we have kept it pretty local. Um, all of his treatment is at Chapel Hill. He does go to the hospital here if he needs to, but um his chemo was inpatient. So for a long time, we were on the routine of, um, well, I guess this was before the kids, you didn't have the kids mm-hmm, then, mm-hmm. but um, we were on a routine of basically 10 days in Chapel Hill, 10 days home, because yeah. he was inpatient for all of his treatment, because um, it was such an aggressive mm-hmm, treatment. Mm-hmm. He had to be inpatient at Chapel Hill, and Hanover wouldn't even do it. Uh, so we, I mean, we've got superhero grandparents that, mm-hmm. you know, stepped in and really we're like parent version two because we were gone part-time. We, yeah. I mean, I, I have received mail at the hospital in Chapel Hill. <laughs> like that's, you know, that's yeah. one of those things that you're like, wow, that is a lot of time there. So, um, but the upside is it worked. I mean, he's mm-hmm. not cancer free, but he, uh, they won't call it remission. They won't call him cured. They won't, you know, any of that on a scan, he still has tumors. Um, but we're in a, a weird phase right now of it hasn't grown. And mm-hmm. so, they're kind of, you know, as stumped as they were in the beginning of, of what is even going on with you. Now they're like, what? So did it stop? Hmm. Like, did, which is so weird. Cause you know, like if you have lung cancer or breast cancer, like we you know so much about that. Right. There is an answer. I mean, not that it's always good or all, you know, right. whatever, but they know what to do. Mm-hmm. And with his, um, his case, it's just so unknown that even, even the good part of like, he's doing really well right. and they're like, well, we don't really know how that happened either, but let's just go with it. And it's, that's a lot, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, he's doing great. He's, you know, he works full time. He's a dad. We're kind of learning how to be a, a normal family. You have mm-hmm. to learn how to be the cancer family and then you have to unlearn wow. how to be a, a mm-hmm. normal family again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is a very simple issue compared to what we were looking at before. Right, so, right. I mean, before we were on a, we were on a timeline, I mean, honestly, we, we, we went to Duke and we came home with a timeline. Mm. Um, and we, we did all the hard stuff. We did all of the, what does it look like to be a single parent? Mm. You know, they, no one, you know, in Chapel Hill, they have a wonderful, we have an amazing, um, I think they call it like a psychosocial services Mm -hmm. type of Mm -hmm. combination team. Um, so you don't just get an oncologist, you get a psychologist, you get a family services, you get a, you know, pastors, attorneys, there's, there's just a whole team that is around you at Chapel Hill, which is amazing. Um, and looking back, one of the things that kind of has, has me realizing, like, even they were prepared for the worst because mm. they never talked to us about what are you going to do when he's cured? 
What are you going to do when this is done? What does he want to do? Wow. There were none of those conversations. The conversations were, you need to learn how to be a single parent. And what are, you know, how are you going to pay a mortgage? Let's make sure things are in line. Wow. And so I don't think I realized that at the time, but looking back now, I see, Mm -hmm. I see that and I see like, that's a, that's a whirlwind, you know, like that's where we were. Mm -hmm. Um, so thankfully he's doing great. Like he, he, no one, Mm. no one looks at him and suspects anything anymore. He's just, he looks strong. Mm. He feels strong. He's got his beard back, which y'all know him. So (laughs) he has his orange beard back. So things are good, but, um, yeah, that's been a journey. And then I guess the, the pivot point there was that on one of, oddly enough, it was one of his weeks off of chemo. We were home. Um, I picked Elizabeth up from preschool in uh, Jill's mm-hmm, class that mm-hmm. year and she had these red, red freckles. And I was like, that's cool. I've never seen that before. <laughs> and because of Marshall, I think had the urge to just like, I've never seen that before. Let's just, you know, let's call the pediatrician. Just at least tell him that this is there. Right. And he was like, whoop, time out, red flag, come right now. And within two hours, we were a pediatrician and then admitted in New Hanover with like the worst case of ITP, which I don't even remember what the long word is now, but it's, it's <laughs> called ITP. We'll just go with that, which basically means she had no platelets. All of mm. a sudden had no platelets, which is what clots your blood. So she was like bleeding out wow. for no reason. Um, and it started with, you know, the, the dots we could see on her skin and then it turned into a nosebleed that couldn't be stopped. And it continued with, she was, she was vomiting blood, like baseball size Mm. clots of blood, um, which was super cool and earned her a flight up to Chapel Hill (laughs) on Marshall's (laughs) off week of chemo. And I called his team, you know, the whole team and said, we're on the way. And I said, what what do you mean you're on the way? He's, he's doing good. You just, you know, you just checked out and we were like, (laughs) surprise. We've got a kid coming to you. And I mean, the blessing there was that his whole team met us in five children's. Um, It's, Mm. you know, you, it's like a, what it's at the, the walkway of the airport that connects all different guys. Chapel Hill's a lot like that. Right. And uh, so the really cool thing was as a parent in her case, Mm -hmm. we didn't have to learn. This is such a weird thing to be thankful for, but we didn't have to learn the hospital life. We knew in her room, I, Marshall knew where to go get a cup of coffee mm-hmm. and where to go get lunch. Mm-hmm. And there was no learning how to be a hospital yeah. family. We could just focus on our yeah. kid, which was, you know, if that's going to happen, I'm glad it happened after we'd been through all that with Marshall, because right. for us, it was, we trusted the team. We trusted the hospital. We said, just, fi- you know, just fix it, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And it made it, I think a more tolerable experience, mm-hmm. you know, cause mm-hmm. it was, that was, that was bad. Yeah, that was really bad. You know, time. when you get to Chapel Hill and they say, we've never seen anything like this before. You're like, really? you're the doctor. <laughs> oh you sh- don't tell me that, you know? Um, so there's a lot of that. So there's a lot of follow up there. Um, everyone still has a lot of questions about her too. Mm-hmm. It's a lot like Marshall's cancer, honestly. Like we don't know why that happened. Mm-hmm. No one's ever seen mm-hmm. it present that way before. And they don't really know how it stopped. They're just like, well, all right, we got it under control. But we spent two weeks in Chapel Hill and wow. Marshall went back to chemo. Oh, and we gosh. just kind of juggled and it, yeah. And it, again, superhero grandparents that were at home with the mm-hmm. other kids, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So we're, we've had a wild few years, but we're, like I said, we're learning how to be a normal family again and no one's dying in our house right now. So we're just, we kind of call out a win and right. we're just going with it. <laughs> so how, how did that affect your faith? I mean, I, I just, I know for me, I think I would go through a lot of questioning Yeah, uh, and you know, I know different people handle things differently, but mm-hmm. how did that impact your faith or did your faith impact the way that you were able to handle well, it? 
So y'all know y'all know us, so it's it's a little easier to explain. But if you know Marshall at all, you know that he, he is about as rigid as they come. He's a man of routine. Nothing changes for him. Nothing will surprise you. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, not surprisingly, he his faith remained really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I would even go as far as to say I think that his journey through cancer has strengthened his faith, hmm. which I don't I don't think it always goes that way. Right. I think, like you said, it's that stuff kind of tests your faith, and I think. For him, I would say without a hiccup has strengthened his faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I love getting to watch that. Um, that's not the case for me. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we're, we all know we're, Marshall and I are about as opposite as it gets. Um, <laughs> and I laugh because there's, you know, there's just no surprise. And it's all. so fun to watch, too. <laughs> it, I know it's entertaining for people that, that know us. We kind of balance each other out. Um, but, I mean, for me... I would just tell, I mean, I guess just to explain it, but I mean, my faith was like stomped on. Yeah. There was no, and it wasn't, um, it wasn't in questioning anything. I didn't blame God for making him sick. I didn't, I wasn't angry at God for, you know, not healing him. Cause that, that, that's just not how I viewed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was angry. Yeah. Not at the world, not at God, not at whatever, but just that it was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, Marcy that used to, mm-hmm. to work with you and is a great friend of mine, um, was the first person I went, I'd put my kids in the car barefoot through Eggo waffles in the car and drove over to Marcy's house. Mm. And I just, I mean, I'm pretty sure I stomped my feet in her kitchen. Yeah. Like I just, I s- cried and I just sobbed and I stomped my feet and I said, why am I supposed to be a single mom? Mm. And she said, you're not, this sucks. Yeah. You're not supposed to be a yeah. single mom. And I, and that was kind of my first, like, okay, the, what I'm feeling is understood. This is not mm-hmm. crazy. I can mm-hmm. feel this way, but I mean, yeah. So for me, it was right off the bat. It was anger and sadness and fear, a lot of fear sure. because I mean, even if everything is perfect, this phase of life is scary. So when you're like, I mean, a hundred percent confident that, and honestly we were, we were a hundred percent confident that we knew how that was going to go. Right. I thought I was going to lose, you know, the mm-hmm. strong, the one person that I could mm-hmm. rely on for everything mm-hmm. in our home and parenting and ma- whatever, whatever, right. you know, he's my person. We balance each other out yeah. in all aspects. Like I was just angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I mean, I, I just couldn't find any faith mm-hmm. in that. And it's not that I was even looking. I just, mm-hmm. everything was gone yeah. because I was yeah. just numb. Um, and I mean, I got to a point just in the hardest, and I think the darkest of it where, I mean, I was on a minute to minute survival through the yeah. days, you know, until I, you know, was able to ask for help. And I didn't even ask for help. I had some, some friends call me out and say, you need help, mm. which was amazing, which, you know, part of our, our church family, thankfully, but um, I got to a point where I would look at the clock and say, okay, it's eight 15. Let's, let's find the clock again at eight 30. Mm. And, th- and that's how I was getting through days, which is, that's devastating yeah. now to think of, to think of me like that, yeah. you know, three, two, three years ago, but that's literally how it was. Yeah. I was, I, I will be standing upright and looking at the clock at eight 30, mm. just get to eight 30. Mm-hmm. We would do it again. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was like, okay, eight 15. Let's do it 816. Yeah. Just one more minute. I would like 
take a bite of my breakfast mm. and you know whatever was going on in the background mm. was was survival it was survival so and I won't even say that I figured it out and my faith improved or anything um I mean honestly things got better and life got easier that's uh, that's the honest that's truth true. like I yeah. um I would tell you that in the past 10 years at Port City my faith has grown I don't think in the past three years much has changed mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. the what I could say in the past three years is that it just was stomped on. Mm-hmm. And these days it's brought to life again because I can see it now. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see it then, mm-hmm. but I can see it now. Well, you're still in the midst of that season and that's okay. It takes mm-hmm. time, you mm-hmm. know? Well, learn, it's learning to come out of it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, things got better and I I was, I think, willing to hear people when when they said to me like, hey, your mental health is not in a space where it should be, mm-hmm. even if everything was okay. And right. everything is super, super sucky. So let's go. We can't change that, but we can get a grip on your mental health and at least help you get through this a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think in all of that, I think for me, as far as the faith was that my faith desperately relied on my village. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about me clinging to Jesus because mm-hmm. I couldn't find him. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see him and mm-hmm. I didn't care. Um, I know that sounds terrible, but that's just, that's, that's the truth. truth. I didn't care. I didn't care about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, my explanation is that my faith desperately relied on my village. Um, and when I couldn't find him, my friends would say, that's okay. Cause yep. we can, that's right. And we're here. They're believing you for know? you. Yeah. Um, and so in the meantime, my, my village was Jesus for me. My village was faith for me when mm-hmm. I couldn't be, mm-hmm. um, and was light for me when I couldn't mm. see it. And at the very worst, they just said, yep, we know this sucks. Let's sit together. Yeah. I'm sad too. Let's yeah. be sad together. Yeah. Um, and so my faith didn't get me through hard stuff. My church did. Yeah. Um, I don't underestimate that for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the cool part about that is we're not completely on the other side now. You know, we've got a lot of unknowns, but the cool part about that is that even just in the past couple months, I've been able to be that same village for other people. Mm. And I've been able to sit down next to them on the floor and say, this sucks. Mm -hmm. I know this sucks. And I'm sad with you. Mm -hmm. Let's be sad together. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, that's a big full circle thing for me. I think the reality is, is your village being that for you is a part of your faith being that for you Mm -hmm. because your village is a part of your faith. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I just think that's really a, a beautiful picture of what the body of Christ you know, does for each other is, you know, we're able to just carry each other's burdens mm-hmm. um, when we can't carry them ourselves. And so for, for the church in your village to be able to do that for you and now for you to be able to do it mm-hmm. for other people is just the way God kind of created it mm-hmm. to be. And it is a part of your faith story in, in a really a big way. So I think it's cool. I think it's easy to say that too, as I mean, and not just as a pastor, but like yeah, as anyone sure. sharing any message, it's easy to say, you know, hey, let's let's be a village for other people. Let's you know mm-hmm. walk in faith together. And when everything, when you're you're doing fine and everything's good, you're like, yeah, that sounds really good. Sounds super pastory. Like, yeah. good <laughs> job on the verbiage there. Patch yourself, yeah. Um, and then you do it, and you're like, wow, there's no better explanation mm-hmm. than that. And there's so much power. There's yeah. so much power in it, and so much mm-hmm. love. And and that is a beautiful representation of who Christ is for us. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a, that's a beautiful part of, of your story for sure. Mm -hmm. So I'd also, um, you know, since this is the parent network podcast, (laughs) I want to bring in some parenting into it. And one thing that, um, 
you know, again, from kind of following you on social media and seeing how busy you are with, you know, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your books and how you got into writing. And uh, um, I know that you're also an entrepreneur with the, with your nut and jam food um, <laughs> yeah. truck, which I think is awesome. I'd love for you to talk a, a bit about that too. And then after you kind of share about that, um, like talk about how you're able to balance that with parenting my guess is that part of doing that helps you become a better parent because I know for me as a mom I need those kind of outlets sometimes mm -hmm. to kind of give me life and show me that God's intended me for parenthood for me is always like the top but I feel like there's also more that he mm -hmm. wants for me I don't so I don't know if that's true of you as well so if you just want to talk on that yeah um so the my primary work is is writing and publishing that um I started writing my first book when Marshall was sick uh honestly, because he was very heavily sedated through a lot of his treatment. Mm -hmm. And we would sit in the hospital for 10 days. And I wouldn't talk to anybody. Oh, gosh. Like the nurses and doctors come in and they'll, some of them will pull up a chair and sit with you and hang out a while. And we had a few, we had some nurses that would bring their lunch and they'd sit mm. and, you know, but for the most part, we were just sitting there. Like he wasn't strong enough to get up and walk around or mm -hmm. we didn't go outside all the time. And I had to kill some time. So... I wrote a book um, and I didn't know I was writing a book. I just, I sent, sent it to Kayla one day. It's a good friend of mine. And she was like, you know, you know, you this is an entire thing, right? Like this, <laughs> this has a start and a finish. Like you wrote a book and I was like, slap a cover on it. Let's go. <laughs> and so kind of hobby turned into a business though, because then I learned, you know, Kayla taught me a lot about it, but then I started learning about publishing and selling a book and then I got encouraged and was like, well, there's more to tell. And so I wrote the second. And so the recent books have been more as I, I people say, where do you find time to write books? And I cheated. <laughs> I was removed from my life and right. had nothing else to do. Um, the past three books have been as a parent and, mm -hmm. and I have to find the time to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm starting to learn how to juggle things because, mm -hmm. you know, as soon mm -hmm. as the twins were born, I wasn't working. So this is still new for me. Mm -hmm. Um the publishing company was kind of created out of that. And I had some people that came to me and said, Hey, you know, can you teach me how to do the same thing? And I just kept saying, yes. I was like, we need to pay some bills if we're going to do this, you know? So exactly. So I ended up starting, um, Dune Press and Company just for, for that reason. It's, I'm still writing, but I'm also kind of walking with a few other people through publishing their first book. That's amazing. Which is a world you know. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so then that is my primary work. The mm -hmm. food truck started out as a joke. That <laughs> was a, look, Marshall does not remember this, but he was gone on some pain meds. We'll just <sighs> put it nicely. Um, and was just laughing and joking and coming up and like, you all know Marshall, he doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> laugh and joke and kid around and he's just talking. And he's, wouldn't it be funny? Yeah, there was this peanut butter and jelly food truck. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I would. And then now everything's fine. And so we were like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if there was this peanut butter and jelly food truck? And then we built it because I'm like zero to 100, right? We don't just do ideas in my house. We order the ducks. Like we, we when there is an idea, we see it through. We do it. So now we have a food truck, which we intended to just be like a kind of like a part-time thing. We thought, well, maybe now and then we'll get some birthday parties or whatever, it's turned into a oops, full-time job. And so <laughs> we are juggling a lot, um, superhero grandparents, but honestly, it's, we have turned into a family that operates on a life is short. Let's have fun mm -hmm. mentality. And mm -hmm. that's going to bite us in the butt sometimes, <laughs> you know, but right now we're having a really good time. 
and you know down the road if we want to hire some people to to do that for us because mm-hmm. no we can't we can't sustain what we're doing right now we're so busy we're spinning circles but um but it's fun it's a lot of fun it's something that we get to do as a team you know mm-hmm. um and so that's it's working out i i the thing is how do i balance it <laughs> terrible <laughs> I love the Terribly. honesty. I like for real, I don't balance it well at all. And that's, yeah, I'm just being mm-hmm. honest. Um, mm-hmm. But between me and Marshall and my in-laws and honestly some friends, like mm-hmm. y'all have seen, you've seen uh, <laughs> Chloe, our babysitter. Right. Some days I'm just like, girlfriend, no one is around to pick up these kids from school. Run. And she'll show up and, and pick up the kids from school. So um, it's balanced by way outnumbering the kids with adults. Um but I'm learning. I'm trying my best. And um, right now we're struggling with mom leaving the house a lot. The kids are, mm. I love it. Like you said, like mm-hmm. there's more to you than being a parent. So you like to, you know, mm-hmm. go do other things. And I do, I, when I go, I'll sit at a coffee shop and, and write for 10 hours. Mm-hmm. When I come back, I'm a whole different mom. I'm, right. I'm happier. I'm more patient. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's good for me. Mm-hmm. And so it's good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the first time, my kids are watching mom leave the house every morning and mm. they don't love that. Yeah. They don't love that. We took them over to Graham's, you know, Graham's house today and Bentley said, but I don't really want you to leave. And I was just mm. like, oh, break my heart. <laughs> but I have to leave, you know? And mm-hmm. so that's, that's an adjustment. Um, things that barely got done in our house before are now impossible. Mm-hmm. Like even the smallest, most mundane tasks couldn't tell you the last time we did anything self-sufficient in our house (laughs) our house is a hot hot mess and then ducks but like we're surviving Mm -hmm. you know I'm Mm -hmm. juggling and I'm dropping all of them and sometimes I also feel like Mm -hmm. the juggling is on fire but we're trying our best Mm -hmm. and I don't know ask me again in like an hour and I might have a different answer (laughs) for you but that's how it's going. Well, I mean, and I just, I feel like the theme of this whole podcast has been community that you, the way Mm -hmm. you're able to balance things is you've been so fortunate to have your in-laws who Mm -hmm. are ready and willing to help, which I think is such an important relationship for kids to have with their grandchildren. Mm -hmm. I just, their grandparents, I think that's really a unique thing that not all kids get, get to have. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's really beautiful as well. Well, it's neat too, because they're learning how to be normal grandparents now. Yeah. And our kids are learning how to just be normal, happy grandkids. Mm-hmm. Like it, it wasn't like, okay, mom and dad are gone. So grams and Papa are the parents. Now it's like, we can all be a family together. Yeah. And that's an adjustment as well. Like yeah. we're, they're learning how cool that is. Just like, yeah. you just go hang at Graham's house and we'll be home for dinner. Yeah. It's good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, as we wrap it up, I was just wondering, is there any advice that you would have for parents who are out there listening? Um, Yes. And it's what I've learned in the past three years. And I mean, I don't want to repeat myself a hundred times, but rest in your village. Mm. Um, your village isn't just the way that you are connected. It's the way that your kids are connected, Mm. Mm -hmm. which I think is imperative on good days and bad days. Your kids have to have someone other than just you. Um, it's important that they have, you know, youth pastors and and other, and teachers and Mm -hmm. people around them that they have to know that someone else also loves them Mm -hmm. and that, you know, they have to know that if mom and dad are in Chapel Hill or even if mom's just having a hard day, maybe mom dropped you off at school and was grumpy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just parenting. Like it, maybe mom's having a bad day. 
they have to know that they can go to school. And I'm so thankful that they know that they can run up to you and hug you and, and all's well. Mm -hmm. They can, Mm -hmm. you know, if they don't know what adult is going to pick them up from school, they do know that you're there. Mm -hmm. If we all barely get to church on Sunday morning, at least they know one thing is that they're going to run in and see people that love them Mm -hmm. and that will play with them and Mm -hmm. teach them. And so the village is not just for the parents. It's for the kids. Absolutely. And when I need rest, so do they, and we can all rest Mm. in our village. Um, and I can see that I can see that they find rest in their village because it, you know, as much joy as it brings me to walk, you know, up to school drop off or, Mm -hmm. or to church, and stop along the way and catch up with every single person that I know and love along the way. I mean, every Sunday I walk in the hallway and I'm like hugging 50 people because I'm just like, these are my people, you know, I'm excited to see everybody. I watch my kids do the same thing. Yeah. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, I mean, in the most simple version, I think is just, we weren't meant to do any of it alone. So don't, yeah, there's no reason to, yeah, don't do it alone. I love that. Yeah, that's great. So um, real quickly before we go, so tell everybody kind of about what kind of books you write and where they can get them. And if anybody has that birthday party where they want to book the yeah. Nut and Jam, <laughs> how do they get in touch with you on all that stuff? Well, uh, if you find anyone with my phone number, you can call or text me because that's just how I operate. Uh, my books are coastal fiction. So, um, Sass, you would hate them. Uh, you might love them. They're a lot like Hallmarky, Nicholas Sparks, um, happy love stories. Um but they're uh, available on Amazon. They're available um, in some local stores around town. So anybody can find me on Instagram and uh, the food truck and the nut and jam on Instagram. Super simple. I think just the, the phrase coastal fiction sounds really cool. So I might, I might actually have to read one. Well, it's fun because they are um, set here in yeah. Wrightsville Beach. I think that some of the newer ones, maybe Topsail Island, haven't yeah, read your, your newest out in one Wrightsville yet. Beach and yeah. then... It's only so big of a town, so I had to, <laughs> I had to you know, scoot a little, so we, we kind of restructured a story a little bit and gave them a reason to need to go up to Topsail, and um, so the, we're starting to kind of island hop a little bit. Yeah. And they're the most beautiful covers. That's your artwork on there, yeah, isn't it? Oh I my gosh, the see, there's, on there's the covers a, she can be selling art too, believe me, it's, it's, it's <laughs> beautiful. You. So. Thank you. Hey, well, thanks for spending time with us today, Ann Lee. Just such a Thank great you story. Me. Heck yeah, I have a feeling we'll have her again at some point. Um, but we, we'd love for uh, everybody just to kind of get in touch with her. Do you have like social media that people could follow us? Do you? It's just my name, Annalie Thomason. Okay. Just at Annalie Thomason. Thomason. Twitter, Instagram, what, where? Oh, I, you don't even know. I don't, um, there's no Twitter. There's or just, maybe there is. I just don't, Instagram. don't, yeah, I don't know what's on okay, that Twitter right. from however many years ago. So let's do Instagram. Um, at Annalie Thompson. Okay, very good. And um, obviously, if you want to get more information about Parent Network, follow us on the Parent Network at PC3 Parents on Twitter and Instagram. There's a Facebook page, and we're going to put a bunch of cool stuff um, uh, from Annalie that um, that she's done on some of our social media stuff, so you can follow us. So, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time on the Parent Network podcast. Mm-hmm.